Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Even if my life is being poured out, even if I get my head chopped off, which he did, you know, um, for his faith, even if that happens, I want you to know that I'm rejoicing, and I want you to rejoice with ecstatic celebration, even if that happens. I mean, guys, that's not normal life right there. Let's be honest for a moment. Can you just imagine for a second? Can you imagine we take Ronald? Come stand here for a second, champ. Isn't this guy good looking, huh? Um, um, <laughs> imagine we just said, this is our missionary to Afghanistan. Okay? We voted. Everyone say, aye. 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 All right. He's off. He's gone. So he's gone. We're sending him to Afghanistan. Okay? So while he's in Afghanistan, he's ministering and he's preaching the gospel. And then he gets thrown in prison because it is illegal to do that there. All right. Now he's in prison. You're going to sit over here for now. All right. He's in prison over there and he writes us a letter. Okay. And we hear about this. We hear he's in prison and he can lose his life any day. What is our tone here in Durban? How do we feel about that? Uh, what kind of prayers are we praying? The weeping ones, hey, <laughs> Jesus, let him go, you know, send the angels, save him, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, the tone is one of fear, the tone is one of like, we, and then let's say he does die, what do we do then? We mourn, we, we feel like something's been lost, like one of our team, we're on the losing team here, you know, sorry, Ronnie, you can come back to your chair now, <laughs> um, but, but, but do we celebrate with ecstatic celebration that somebody gave their life for the gospel? And when they, when they are, you know, uh, their life is taken from them, do we throw an ecstatic celebration? Like to, to celebrate that life? No. We, we mourn and, and we're upset. And, and so what I, I'm trying to highlight to you this morning is just how strange this is. This is something that's really different. I mean, what, what Paul is writing here in, in, in prison is doesn't make normal sense to us. And I'm trying to say to you guys this morning is that I think joy is foreign to us. I think joy is divine. I think it's something that God has and that we desperately need more of in our lives. And that this is more foreign to us than we realize. Because most of us, we think joy is when my team won. Or when I, you know, when I got into the shops and there was that one last cupcake left and it's mine. You know what I mean? Like nobody else got it. <laughs> or it was on sale. Or, you know, <laughs> that's, we, just, we think joy is something like that. But according to the Bible, joy is something actually a lot deeper. Something more profound. Something spiritual. Something that God has that he can actually give to us in our lives. You know, and I thought when I was reading this, like maybe, maybe prison wasn't that bad for Paul. Maybe that's why this, all this joy was happening. Like, you know, he was in prison in Rome after all. Maybe like they were serving him pizza every day, you know, like just put a feta and olives coming in there, you know, and so he was just a little bit on something, you know, a little bit like, and he was writing from that. But, but that wasn't his condition just in Rome. Remember when we read about the start of this book, was in the book of Acts. And when he went to Philippi and he began to preach the gospel, he was severely beaten with Silas 
and then thrown in prison, what did he do that night? He sang. He was singing hymns unto God. He was praising God at midnight in that prison after a severe beating. So there wasn't anything special about the Roman prison. (laughs) Because the Philippi prison, it kind of happened as well. Joy marked Paul's life. It was a mark of his life. It's not only in the book of Philippians. We see it in other books as well. But it was something that he possessed, something that he had. And I want you to see that it's something very strange to us, that it's not something normal. Joy should be a mark of the Christian life. Joy should be evidence of the fact that Jesus has saved us. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the evidence of of the fact that God has come into us. It's, it's the sign that heaven lives in our hearts that we have this thing called joy. Some of us here this morning, we've lost our joy. And I'm praying that as we journey this morning, you're going to recover your joy. And some of us, joy is just so foreign. Maybe we didn't grow up with it. Maybe we haven't seen it. Maybe it's just, you know, it's just a foreign thing. What is that? I don't know what that is. I'm hoping and praying that as we journey this morning, this word is going to be like a seed into your heart, and it's going to be planted in your heart, and you're going to start to see the fruit of joy coming through in your life. So let's pray. Father, we give you our time this morning. Um, we, we, we honor your word. We love it. It's amazing. It gives us hope. It directs our lives. It encourages us. It gives us Uh, wisdom to live, and I pray that, Lord, this would be fresh bread from you this morning, nothing from me, Dad. May you get glory this morning. May you get honor this morning, and may, may this word come as a seed into our hearts to produce a tree of joy, Lord, that we would be people who really, really live with joy. Amen. All right, so have you noticed in the world, if you, if you have a Bible, you can go to Hebrews 12. Um, have you noticed in the world that um, joy, joy is not common to this world? Have you noticed that? Um, A.V., I was wondering if you could, have you got that video? You do. Um, it seems like joy is, um, is not really wanted even in our world. Um, in fact, seriousness seems to be the order of the day. And, um, and so I have just a little video clip that I want to show you um, just to show how far in joy really is. Noku, are you? You got it. Noku's the winner. Let's give Noku a hand this morning. Come on. <laughs> Bam. Where's the sound? Mm-hmm. 
It's a good video. It's worth waiting for. Should I give you time? Okay, all right. Just give them time. I'll, I'll come back forever. Maybe we'll get there, okay? But maybe I'll just tell you about it. Should I just tell you about it? No. You're like, ah, I want to see. <laughs> I'm not going to do it justice probably. Anyway, okay. Um, all right. So, so seriousness, it really is the order of the day. Um, I mean, if you, if you were to get into a taxi or a bus or you go to the airport or wherever you are in public spaces, what, what is the disposition of most people? So we're serious. You know, we're, we look down. We're looking into our little mobile phones. We've got our own little worlds going on. We're, it's all, it's about us. And, it's, and it's, there's no, like, if you're smiling on the taxi, you're a bit of a weirdo. People like what? What is up with you? You know, um, you know. I was at I was at the um, the shops yesterday, and this woman who served me had joy. I mean, she was literally like she she. It felt like she was this flower in a desert. Okay, because everywhere I was going, I was just because I'm thinking about joy. I'm just looking at people, and everyone's walking around sad, rushed, hurried, stressed. You know, it's just like, you know, and then I went to this counter, and this woman had joy. She was like, good afternoon, sir. How can I help you today? I was like, who are you? <laughs> You're amazing. It's like she's foreign. It's like she's from another planet, you know? And, um, and, I, and, uh, and then it was interesting. I asked her this. I said to her, you know, why are you so happy? And she said, well, because I just get up every day and I know God's given me the gift of a new day. And so I'm, I'm happy every day. And, and I said, are you a manager here? And then she said this. This is really interesting. She said, no, I wouldn't be this happy if I was a manager. <laughs> Too many things to worry about. <laughs> And I just thought about that for a moment. And that's, isn't that really how we think about joy? Is, is we honestly think that we can't be diligent, hardworking with a whole lot of responsibility and have joy. It's almost like we have to be like with no responsibility, carefree. You know, and I don't care what's going to happen. Now I can release this thing called joy. Is it possible to be diligent, hardworking and still have this thing called joy? You know, um, when you look at, at joy in the Bible, one thing you find is that it's actually the tone of the entire New Testament. It's like the tone. You know what tone is? It's like the, 
the, the atmosphere, the climate, the tone. So in Hebrews 12, are you there? Let me, let me show you this passage in Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 and verse 18 says the following. It says, you have not come to... <clears throat> there we go. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. So he's trying to write to his to his these people, all right, and he's trying to tell them there's been a change from Old Testament to New Testament. You didn't go to this mountain, right, with flaming fire and darkness and gloom and whirlwind and like, and everyone's too afraid to even go near the mountain. Okay, that was Old Testament. He says no. Now that Jesus has come, that he has, that he's paid the price for sin, that he's made a way for us to come to the Father, now you come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself. You have come to something happy. You have come to something rejoicing. You have come to victory. You have come to something that's overcome. You've come to something that's awesome. You've come to a celebration. You have come to a party. All right? That's what you have come to. That's what he's trying to say because of what Jesus has done. And he's trying to say, now, you know why they call Christians happy clappies? It's because we're happy and we clap. <laughs> why should we be happy and clap? Well, because our sins are forgiven us, man. Because heaven is our home. Because we have a Father in heaven. Because we're not sons of the most amazing God ever who provides for our needs. We've got a reason to be happy. In the midst of a dark world with crime and corruption and all sorts of stuff going on around us, we can still be happy because heaven is our home. Amen. Right? We haven't come to that old mountain. We've come to a mountain with countless thousands of angels in festive celebration. I don't know about you, but that image in my mind, I like that. I don't know. What, what are those angels doing? And how do angels sing? And how do they party? You know? I mean, <laughs> what are they, what's happening? I don't think it's like that long ago. <laughs> But you can do that. I mean, if that makes you happy, you know. <laughs> so they're flapping around in happiness. But, but guys, this is the tone of the Christian life. This is the climate in which we live. So when we come to God on a Sunday morning, this is what we're coming to. We're not coming to this doom and this darkness and this what's going to happen? Is he going to strike me down today? No. I'm coming in Christ and I'm clothed in the blood of Jesus and the tone of heaven now is one of rejoicing. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is it's finished. It's done. The price has been paid. The condemnation has been removed. We can come boldly to a throne of grace and to a God who loves us and receives us and welcomes us. Isn't that awesome? So this really... This is setting the, the climate for the whole New Testament. And it really should be the climate you live under. This should be the climate of your life. This is what I really believe God wants this for you. That you would not live in doom and gloom and what could go wrong and what might go wrong and what is stressing you out in this world. But that you would live under this climate 
a festive celebration. Do you know the word blessed in the Bible? Right? If, we, if, you, if you're in Christ, the Bible says that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If you're in Christ, you're blessed. The word blessed in its meaning says to live with a joy that makes others envious of you. That's what it means to be blessed. And that is why Jesus died, so that you could be? Can you nudge somebody this morning and say, you're blessed? You're blessed. You know, you've got to remind your mouth this morning, okay? You're blessed. <laughs> Not like, hey, you're blessed, bro. You know, like, no, you're blessed. <laughs> you know, you're blessed. All right, if we've got to remind ourselves of these things. Joy is something that Jesus had. Jesus had joy. I know a lot of us, we're familiar with the, G, the suffering Christ. And, and often we give that a lot of attention in the church, you know. And, we, and I don't say we shouldn't, all right, because it's important that we know that he suffered for us. But he suffered for us for a reason, so that we wouldn't have to, so that we could have joy, all right. That's why he suffered, all right. So he, he was beaten for our transgressions. He was... By his stripes, we are healed. So his suffering is our joy at the end of the day. And when you look at Jesus on, he, in his life and in his ministry, one thing you notice is that he lived with a whole lot of joy around him. In Hebrews 1 verse 9, it says this. It says, you love justice and hate evil. Talking about Jesus. Therefore, O God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. The person who is the most joyous person is Jesus. He's the happiest guy that there is. And to be around Jesus was to be around joy. I mean, come on, guys. He turned water into wine at a wedding. Wherever he went, the lame were healed. The blind started seeing I mean, in the, in the Gospels, it says, and there was great rejoicing in that place. And then he goes to this place, and there was great rejoicing in that place. In fact, there was so much rejoicing wherever Jesus went. I mean, people are getting healed and set free, and the guy who was demonized is now set free. It's like, wherever Jesus is going, there's a, there's, the party is happening. All right? There's this joy happening. Around. So much so that the Pharisees are like, you know, why don't you guys ever fast? And do you know what Jesus says to them? Well, how can they fast when I'm around? That's what he said. <laughs> how, can, how can they fast when I'm here? Right? When I'm gone, then you, you'll have your time and you'll fast. And then, but while I'm here, while I'm here, the party continues. All right? There will be a day for fasting, but when I'm here... It's, so to be around Jesus was actually quite a fun thing. Okay? It was, it was actually quite awesome. Like, what is he going to do today? You know, when we arrive in this town, who... Is, who's going to get healed? Who's going to get set free? Who's, what, what are we going to eat today? I don't know, but we're with Jesus. Let's see what happens, you know? I mean, he's, he just says, you know, we don't have transport today. And he's like, no, no problem. There's a donkey. Just go there and, and get the donkey and bring the donkey. It's like he, Jesus, is, he's got it all together, you know? Um, in John 15, Jesus teaches, and he says these words in verse 11. He says, these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. So, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean, like some of us, it looks like we've been baptized in lemon juice, you know. 
you know, the, like, I don't think the church has done a really good job at, like, reflecting what Jesus actually wanted for our lives. You know, I'm, like, let's be honest. Come on. You know, like, the reputation of church is not really one of joy. It's, it's regulations. It's rules. It's, like, be quiet. It's sit down. It's focus. It's repent, you know? Um, but we've got to have a moment for joy too, okay? Because why? This is what Jesus wants. I've spoken these things to you that my joy, not your joy, my joy might be in you. When it says my joy, in Hebrews it talks about a double portion of joy there. So the, like he wanted his double portion, that oil of joy, to be in you. That's what he wanted. And then he said that your joy would be full, like you would just have too much of this thing. And like, don't get me wrong this morning, okay? I, I don't think we should, you know, kind of walk around like Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> All the parents. <laughs> Anyone here just like done with Barney the di- dinosaur? Is it just me? I'm like, whoo, we did that chapter for you. you guys with small kids. Barney is the best thing ever. Like, he will save you. You know, like, I mean, he's amazing, okay? But like, once you've had like five or six years of Barney, like... You know, you, you can shoot that dinosaur. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> for you, those of you who don't know Barney, okay, Barney, let me tell you a bit about Barney. So what happens with Barney is like, you'll watch these kids' videos, okay? He's a big purple dinosaur, okay? That's who he is. And, and, and um, you'll have kids and they'll be like, they'll be playing and the movie will like watch the kids playing and then the one kid will say, that's my toy. And the other kid will say, no, I want to play with that toy. And the kid will say, no, it's mine. And then there would be this like little fight. And then all of a sudden, hey, 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 kids, it's party time. Oh, what's happening here? Oh, we don't do that. We share. Because sharing is caring. Oh, we take turns. So we all have fun. You know, and then everything breaks into a song. <laughs> I can do a whole lot more. (laughs) So there's all these kid problems and Barney is showing up with songs, you know? And I'm not saying like, we've got to be like that, okay? We don't have to be like Barney the dinosaur. Like people are like, what's happened? The car broke down. Oh, let's sing a song to the Lord. Oh, we, you know, we can, whatever, you know? Or somebody comes to us, you know, like like my aunt is sick and in hospital, and we're like, no, hospital, you know. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, okay. <laughs> Jesus was super real, okay. There were times where Jesus got mad, where he got angry, where he was frustrated, where you know what I mean. He even wept. Jesus wept, you know. There were t- he was real, you know. Um, yeah, not even once and. And so he, he was like, he, there were all these range of most. Jesus even cursed a tree. Yeah. Yeah. I know some of you know that really well, because you're like, if he did that, then I can curse this taxi driver, and I can curse that thing. Jesus cursed the tree, I can curse. You know, you, you know, it's not an excuse, all right? <laughs> but, 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 but he was a real, you know, he had all spectrums of emotions. But the prevailing tone. The prevailing tone was one of joy, of celebration, of living under a father who knows me, who takes care of me, who provides for me. You know, like 
You can take my life even, guys. It's fine. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, the Bible says. So I'm not saying we have to be like weird, okay? Please, don't be like weird, all right? Don't be like Barney, all right? But, but, let, but what is the tone of your house? What is the tone of your life? Is, is there any sort of joy coming from us? Um, the Bible calls us to live in the reality of the Word of God. Okay? That's what it calls us to live. This calling that we have as Christians is to live within the reality of Scripture, which means even though life is happening to us, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. We walk by faith in God. And so really what it, what it means is that this, to be a Christian in its simplest terms is to say that this is the highest reality of my life. That's what it, that's what it means. Okay? If this, is, this is reality. So, and this is how I then interpret all of life that is happening to me. Okay? So that, that's, just, that's the main difference, is that when I'm, looking, when I'm going through a circumstance, I'm looking at it through this lens of God's word, of God's righteousness, of God's standards. Okay? I'm not looking at it through the lens of the world. Okay? And um, Daniel Strickland was, was, uh, was preaching at our world conference, Daniela Strickland, and she was, she was talking about uh, how she went skiing one night, uh, like night skiing. How cool does that sound? I mean, that's something I want to do. She goes night skiing with some friends. And um, while they, they, they're skiing, the, the moon rises, and it's a full moon. And she looks at the moon, and it was like blood red. It was like this, she never, like they're up on the mountain, and this blood red moon is there. And she turns to her friends, and she's like, guys, look at that moon. And they're all like, hmm, that's nice. And then they, you know, everyone carries on. And she's like, can't get over it. She's skiing the whole night. She keeps looking at the moon. It's incredible. She's skiing, the, and then she's talking to her friends, and, and she's like, they're just not getting how incredible this thing is. Like, this is a blood red moon. This is like, isn't this like Bible? This is about, you know, Jesus is coming back. The, 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 the moon will be turned to blood, it says, in, in, in the, before the day of the Lord's coming back. So she's thinking like, this is it. This is the moment. And this is God. And something cool is happening. And everyone's like, hmm, it's nice. And then one of her friends like realizes something and says to her, hey, do you know that those goggles you're wearing are rose-tinted? She lifts them up. And it's not really a red moon anymore. <laughs> you know, th- that illustration, just for this point, is that we are to view life through the lens of Scripture, not through the lens of the world. And when we do that, people, we walk in joy more. We walk in a whole lot more. You see, this is the secret to joy. This is the secret to joy. What Paul discovered in his life was that all of his circumstances, whatever he went through, he always looked at it through the lens of God's word, of God's promises, of God's protection, of God's ultimate sovereignty. He always looked at everything through that. And because he could see life through that, he had joy. When you look at the world through the world's view, you will not have joy. And so we have the choice this morning to 
to, to have the world's goggles on or to have the Word's goggles on. And the difference is joy. The difference will be joy in your life. If you can put on the lens of the Word more in your circumstances, I'm telling you now, you can live with a whole lot more joy. Look at the scripture in James 1. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for? Come on, everybody say the words. Say it with a little more gusto. What kind of joy? When what comes your way? When troubles come your way, consider it what? Okay, you said it, eh? We're going to watch you all now, this week. (laughs) Great joy. Why can we possibly look at trouble in our lives as an opportunity for great joy? Well, he goes on, James goes on and he tells us, he says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And he carries on saying that when your endurance grows, your your character grows. And when your character grows, you get this thing called hope at the end of it. So he's trying to say, guys, even in the darkest, difficultest things that you're going through, if you put on the lens of the word, if you look from a heavenly perspective on what you're going through, you'll find that God is turning all things to the good. He's using this to mature you, to grow you, to persevere, you know, it cause perseverance in your heart, to strengthen you, to equip you, to minister to others. There's, there's a whole nother story happening than just this story over here if you are a child of God. So he's trying to say, don't live in just the reality of your problem. Put on the lens of God's word and see it from a heavenly perspective. And what you'll find is you will have this thing, this supernatural thing called joy. This is the secret to it, guys. This is the key to it. So, you know, when you look at the world today, you know, I was was listening to parents complaining about their children (laughs) recently. And, uh, and, And as we do that, parents, come on, let's be honest, you know, like, you know, in the world's eyes, parents, I mean, kids are, kids are expensive, you know, you just walk around and you talk to people, oh, how many kids you got? Oh, I got three, I got four, you know, whatever. Sure, it's, they're expensive. School fees and sports staff. And, and then I've got to do homework with them every night. And, and, and it's not long before kids become this burden, man. They become this like, you know, life-sucking, money-sucking challenge it to us, you know? Uh, but what if, we, what if we put on the Word of God over that? And the Bible says that the fruit of the womb is a great reward. And it says the blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And that discipline moment that I'm re- like, that's really challenging me and I'm, I keep having to tell my child this and I have to keep disciplining this and why can't you pick your clothes up and put them in the laundry basket and why can't you put the toilet seat down and, and brush your teeth and all of these moments can be like, oh, parenting. God, why? <laughs> why me? You know, they can be that. That's how the world looks at it. Or there could be moments where I'm sharpening an arrow. Because God is going to take this life 
and send this kid around the world. Their life is going to have so much more impact than me. And so even in the moments of discipline, even in the moments that are tough and trying on my character, what, I, what I'm seeing is, is, is actually this is my moment where I'm training someone for greatness. Where I'm training them to be an impact and a blessing to the world. And so, so all I'm saying is like, this is, this is it. This is the lens that we've got to view life from suddenly joy comes back to us. And, and, and so what about your job? Is it that place where you like, you creep in there on a Monday and it's like, okay, I just got to get to Friday. Just got to get to Friday. People, I'm in job mode now. Okay. You know, forget about the weekend and anything exciting. Just put it all aside. I'm survival mode. You know, I'm going to make it, you know, and then Friday comes and we're like, oxygen, you know, I'm out. Close that door. We're like lambs running out in the field, skipping, you know, into the weekend. What's our weekend, you know? Hey, you know, I'm free. Or is it a blessing from the Lord to provide for you and your family so that you can sow into the kingdom so that you can make an impact, so that you can sharpen your skills, so that you can grow in character, so that you can spread the word. What, what is your job? Because you've got a choice. You, the world can shape it for you and give you a lens at which you look at this thing. Or you can go to the word and say, well, what does the word say about this? And the difference will be joy. The difference will be joy. We could go through every area of your life, okay? Even funerals. Let me go there for, for a moment, okay? According to the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says that we do not, as Christians, mourn like everybody else who does not have hope. That's what it says. We do not. It's like, that's, how we, that's not how we do it. Why? Why? Because we've lost someone. This is important to us. This is, a, this is like, you know, if you've lost someone, you know the pain, the loss, the everything. The Word says that they're in a better place. The Word says it's better that they're there and not here. They're without pain. They're without suffering. They are in the presence of the Lord. Those countless thousands of angels singing, that's where they're at. Amen. And we're like, we want them back, but they're like, no, don't send me back, Jesus. <laughs> you know? You know? And, and so a Christian funeral is actually, it's a graduation. It's a, it's a celebration of a life. It's a, we, we don't mourn as those who do not have hope. Yes. We mourn, we, re- we remember, we reflect on lives. But at funerals, we should rejoice. Amen. It's an opportunity to share the gospel. It's an opportunity to remind ourselves of the fact that D- Jesus took the, death, the sting of death away. That death in Hades has been conquered, that he rose from the grave. It's a moment to reflect on what Jesus has done. But I just want, I'm sharing that this morning because I want you to know it's, this is so foreign to us. You know, we, 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 our minds are so shaped by the world. And I'm just, I'm challenging you this morning. I'm just saying, guys, let, let the word shape your mind. Put, put on the lens of God's word. Put it on, let it color everything that you do. And I'm telling you now, you'll be released from the hopelessness of this world. You'll be released from the burden of this world. And you'll step into what God really wants you to live with. Freedom and joy. That's why Jesus died for us, amen? So we could have this thing. D.L. Moody said the following. He says, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. I agree with that. Can you say amen to that? If we have no joy, there's a leak. 
We're leaking something. Then our Christianity is leaking. We're not believing the word as it's it's communicating. Just take a moment with me this morning. Can you repeat after me? God loves me. He sent Jesus to die for me. My sins are forgiven. I've been washed whiter than snow. I don't live under condemnation. I am free from sin, death, and sickness. I'm a citizen of heaven. I have a life of purpose. God has given my life meaning. When I graduate, I have eternal rewards that don't rust or moths eat them. I have the Holy Spirit who lives in me. I have spiritual gifts. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. God turns all things to the good for me. Because I love Him. And I'm called according to His purposes. I've been given authority over Satan and demons. The resurrected Christ lives in me. The same spirit that rose him from the dead lives in me. I have everything I need to prosper. God prospers my life by the power of his spirit in me. I'm a son of the most high God. I'm not a slave in the world system. I'm not an orphan. I'm not like one without help. I'm not forgotten. I'm empowered. How do you feel right now? Hey, maybe, maybe, come on, maybe that was what Mary was enjoying at the feet of Jesus. Martha was running around with everything else, the reality of the world, okay, there's, there's, there's this, and this person needs a chair, and this person needs food, and this person needs water, and, you know, the cares of this world, Mary tapping into Jesus, and what is Martha's response? She gets mad at who? She gets mad at Jesus. She's like, Jesus, tell my sister. It's like, Jesus, it's, it's your fault, you know? How many of us are Martha's? running around trying to fix everything, living in the reality of the world, angry at Jesus because he's not doing what we want him to do. But how many of us are sitting at the feet of Jesus, allowing the truth and the reality of Scripture to wash over us? I believe the difference will be joy. Twice in this passage, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. We're finished with these. In Philippians 3, verse 1, he says, My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice. Who limits joy? We do. Come on, let's own it this morning. The reason why you're not joyous or happy is not somebody else's fault. It's not your parents. It's not the economy. It's not the country. It's not your boss. It's not that driver that cut you off. It's not... The reason why you do not have joy is you are the limit on your joy. You are the limit on your joy. 
So he says to them, don't limit your joy. Don't, don't shrink your, the truth of God's word down to a small, little, pathetic <laughs> reality of survival. You're much bigger than that. You're created for much more. Don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice. And then in Philippians 4 verse 4, he says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. I want you to know, joy is not seasonal. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Let joy overflow. Can you read that last um, sentence? Let joy overflow. For you are united with the anointed one. Why should joy overflow in your life? Because you're united with the king of joy. <laughs> we have the king of pop. We have the king of this. We have a, we, the, the, there's a king of joy. Amen. And you're united with the king of joy. Amen. You haven't come to Mount Sinai, church. You've come to Mount Zion. Thousands of angels in festive celebration. Can we stand to our feet? I'm done this morning. I want to pray for you, some of you this morning. For those of you who feel like, thanks, Sundor. Let's just take a moment and pray. I pray just the atmosphere of heaven to come so close to every heart and mind in this place right now. Let the joy of heaven come upon this congregation, I pray. Come reach into every heart, Lord. Come set free every captive this morning, Lord. Come heal every body this morning, every mind. I speak into every atmosphere of soul that is one of doom and gloom and survival. And I say, be broken in the name of Jesus. Be broken in the name of Jesus. Today is a day of breakthrough. Let your joy break through. Those clouds, Father God, those clouds of depression, those clouds of anxiety, those clouds, Lord, that are Oppression, right now I pray by your spirit you blow them away, Father. And you fill every mind, every heart with the reality of, of your word, Lord. The reality of who you are. You came, Jesus, to comfort those 
who mourn, to give the oil of joy for those who have sorrow. Lord, I pray you wash away sorrow this morning. Hurt, pain, anger, frustration. I ask that you wash it away, Lord God, with the oil of joy this morning. Supernatural joy. Amazing heaven joy. that happy celebratory church we should be as we go into the week dad and we face very real stuff I know you haven't called us to be Barney the dinosaur but you've called us to look at everything through the lens of your word I pray just you help us to interpret life correctly interpret situations correctly Empower us this morning, Lord God, for all the trials, the battles, the things to come, Lord God, the difficult stuff that's coming. Holy Spirit, come and release and set free every soul that's captive this morning to anxiety or the burden of life. Guys, I'm, I'm going to end the service here in this moment, but I feel like there's an opportunity for some ministry. And if, if you feel like you need prayer, you're welcome to slip out of your seat. Come, come just stand in the front here. And some of our leaders will come and, and just pray with you. I want to I encourage you, just the power of prayer, man. I've had people lay hands on me in the past, and I've had sickness <laughs> healed out of my body. I've had depression caused out of me. You know, I've, I've had oppression caused just through people praying for me. You know, I'm normally the first to say I need prayer. You're welcome just to come out of your seat. If you feel like you need a breakthrough in your life in this area, just come on up here and we'll pray. happened something stolen your joy i got a sense like in particular there's a woman here and and something has been stolen from you and it's your joy your joy is has been it's like it's you've been robbed of it you had it it was a part of your life it's just not a not there anymore it's, it's gone it's, it's like something gets stolen out your house it's not in the place it used to be and i just I want to encourage you, if that's you, come. Come to the front. Let's, let's pray. I think today you're going to find it again. I think today it's, there's going to be a restoration of joy. Um, you know, Jesus said this, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it in abundance. 
So, so maybe the enemy did steal. <laughs> But today, Jesus can give you the life of abundance. Could I get some leaders up here? And let's, let's start ministering to these guys. Um, I know we're over time, so if, if you, if you want to go, you're free to go, join us in the Connect Zone for some tea and coffee, our first time visitors. There's special treats there for you. Um, God bless you. Have an amazing week. But if you need ministry or you want to come pray for people, come, come join us in the front. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.